Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to see all of you this morning. Happy New Year. Uh, yeah, thanks. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's better than it was. Um, it's great to see all of you this morning. Happy New Year to you on this first Sunday of the New Year. Uh, we are so thankful that you are here with us. Many of you have been away for the last few weeks, and we are so glad that you are back. Uh, welcome to Frigid Memphis, Tennessee. If you came south to north, I'm sorry. <laughs> Although I think Jacksonville, it snowed this week. Did y'all see that? Which is just crazy. So anyway, uh, we are all trying to thaw out, but it's great to see you guys this morning. I, uh, January 1st, I knew it was going to be a great year. Did anybody just have that feeling? It's going to be a great year. Let me tell you why I had that feeling. My Georgia Bulldogs won the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Go dogs. Uh, some of you don't care or you're frustrated at me right now, but this is a one li- once in a lifetime chance for me to say that with a microphone. So uh, it was a good day. We're playing tomorrow night. If you don't care about college football, then you should because we're going to win tomorrow night. Um, (laughs) I saw there was a church back home uh, where I'm from, Georgia, and that's why I went to Georgia, and I'm excited about it. I promise I don't talk about football every week, but it's just really fun today. Um, But there was a church back home that was like advertising on Facebook. It just had an ad. It had big Georgia G on it and just said, many of you made promises and commitments during the second overtime of Monday's game. (laughs) we will see you at church Sunday. <laughs> and I was like, that is the greatest ad ever. Um, it's playing on all the wrong things. But anyway, I bet you're a lot of people in Georgia in church today. <laughs> but um, we're glad that you are here this morning, seriously. And you, you want to know why I know for sure that it's going to be a great year. It has nothing to do with Georgia Bulldogs. That is just a fun hobby of mine. Um, it's going to be a great year because we have a great God. And uh, the Bible says that he is the greatest. There is no one like our God. And the Bible says that his steadfast love never comes to an end. That his mercies, they never fail. They never tire. They never give out. In fact, they are new every morning. And yes, his mercies, in our context of understanding time, they are new every year. And great is his faithfulness. We are going to have a great year if we live it uh, by faith in our great God, dependent on him and his love and his grace toward us available and what he has done for us in Jesus Christ for all who believe. And I just pray this year more than anything else that this would be a year truly. It's my heart uh, for you, for myself, that this would be a year unlike any other in our lives that is defined uh, by intimacy with our living and great God. Amen. So let me just pray for that right now as we get started this morning, and uh, I want to give you a second. If you have not already just spent some time with God and just surrendered your year to Him, I want to give you a little bit of quiet. You can just talk to the Lord. You can just surrender your heart and life, surrender the year ahead to Him, and just thank Him for His faithfulness. Ask Him for His grace. Rely upon His love. Just spend some time giving your year to God, and I'll pray for us uh, as we start this morning.
Lord, we thank you for this year that you've given us. We thank you that you are our God. There is no one else that we want or need but you, Father. And we thank you so much for the sufficiency of your grace, for the sufficiency of your love, for the sufficiency of your work on our behalf, Lord. All you want from us is our hearts. You want our surrender, our willing faith and trust and love for you, God. I pray for every person here today that, that we in the year ahead will be marked by this love for you, God, this desire to walk with you in life, to be intimate with you daily, to grow in our relationship and understanding of how great and good you are. You have created us, each one. You made us. We are made by you, and God, we're made for relationship with you. And this is the life to the full that Jesus came to restore. And so we ask that you would restore life to us this year, that you would give life to us by your Holy Spirit's power, Lord, that you would give life to us this year that this year would be marked by your presence in our lives. Lord, we thank you for your love. Lord, we thank you for what you have done for us. So undeserving, Lord, you have done all for us in giving your son Jesus that we might have relationship with him as we put our trust in him. Lord, uniting with him by faith, Lord, that we might inherit relationship with you. Forgiveness of sins, life forevermore. We thank you for all that you've done. And Lord, we know that all that we need is you. So we give our year to you, we give our hearts to you, and we thank you, praying all of this in the name of Jesus, because you are able and faithful. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, this morning, if you haven't got the word already, we are doing something a little different in January. Uh, we've been walking through the Gospel of John, as some of you might know, we, we just walk through books of the Bible, because nobody really cares about what I say. People, all of us need to hear what God says, and we just walk through books of the Bible typically as a church, but... We are going to be resuming John in a few weeks, but in the weeks here in January, what we're going to be doing is taking a few weeks to kind of lay a foundation for the year ahead in our lives as Christians, as followers of Jesus, and our life as a church. And this morning, we're super excited because we have what we're calling um, our Vision Sunday. It's kind of like State of the Church Address. Um, if I don't know a better analogy, but it's kind of what it is. And so it's a little bit different if you're new for the first time this morning. It's going to be great for you. Uh, it's going to be different. Just know that from typical Sunday, but it'll be good that you get an overview of kind of where we've been and where we're going. But my goals this morning are just to celebrate God because it's not about ICC. It's about God. And just to celebrate what God has done in hearts and lives by telling stories and just sharing some of the things that have happened in the last year. And then to kind of clarify what it is that we are committed to from the scripture um, as we're looking at our purposes and celebrating, kind of reminding ourselves of what God has called us to be as followers of Jesus and as a church, and then kind of looking at the year ahead um, in each of these purposes. So anyway, it's going to be really excited. The Lord led me to a verse that I wanted to share this morning. If you've got your Bible, you can open up to, to the book of Psalms. Psalms, I would encourage you this year, if you've never done this, read one Psalm every day uh, for the year ahead. You can get through them twice in the year. Just take a psalm and read a psalm every day. The psalms are wonderful gifts from God because they teach us a lot about the character of God, but also give words to us on how to respond to God from our heart in really sincere ways. It's really honest in the psalms, and it gives words to your heart that will kind of give fuel to your faith. So anyway, uh, Psalm chapter 126, um, as the people of Israel are singing about what God has done for them by redeeming them and rescuing them from their bondage and giving them undeserved grace, even though they deserve to be uh, sold as slaves and 
kept there forever just as we deserve to be in bondage to our sin and removed from, from God forever apart from his grace. God in his grace rescued them and he offers to rescue us, all who believe in Jesus. And their, their hearts are filled with this song and, and verse 3 is the verse that I just kind of kept out on and it's the verse that I really felt in my heart was kind of summarized by the way my heart felt. But it says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream." Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Verse 3, here it is. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy or we are glad. I love this verse mainly because joy is a word that I love in life um, it's a word that I believe it is a fruit of the Spirit. We know that those who know God and are in a relationship with God have a deep and abiding joy because of God's presence in our lives. It's not dictated by circumstance. This joy is dictated by the presence of God alone. We are people of joy because we are people who know the living God. Amen? And we know this is where our joy comes from. We know that God has restored to us fortunes, riches that are undeserved. He has given back what we chose to lose, which is our relationship with God. By our sin, all of us have lost the fortune of God, marking, moving out of relationship with him. But God in his great grace has chosen in Jesus Christ to give us what is not deserved and to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. And coming for us, Jesus has chosen to live, to die on the cross for the forgiveness of sin, to be buried in our place, and to rise again the newness of life so that we could have the fortunes of God, relationship with him restored to us, not by what we have done, but by what he has done and his willing grace toward us as a gift for all who receive. Friends, that is enough to make us glad. Would you all agree? If nothing else happens in 2018, the cross has already happened. He's already taken our place. He went to the grave for us, and he lives today for all who believe because Jesus is with us. The Lord has done great things for us already. Amen? 2018 is already a good year, and we are filled with joy. And you see that this joy resounds as a testimony to the nations. I, I just believe that God has done great things for us. And the Jesus Christ, but also as a church, friends, in this last year, we continue to see in our midst, you know, God is still at work. He's at work here among us. He's here today. God has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy, and I'm so happy. First thing I want to report, uh, which is something really good. Are y'all ready for good things? At any point in the message today, you could help me. I feed on feedback sometimes and participation. If you feel like clapping, shouting, amening, whatever your style is, or just nodding if you're that guy, <laughs> just nodding. Mm. Um, I, would love, I would love for that to happen, okay? Um, so anyway, I want to report, first of all, on just something amazing that I know we've been praying for and asking the Lord to provide for, and that is um, our, our budget for 2017. I just want to give a year-end update. First of all, our expenses were $448,594.71, and I am happy today with joy to report that those are paid in full. Praise God. In addition, we were wanting 
and praying, we agreed as a church back in October to replace one of the AC units, which is about 30, turns out $38,000 was the total cost for that unit. And we were praying for that above and beyond the budget. And this morning, I am happy to report it is paid in full. <laughs> Praise the Lord. On top of that, yes, friends, we ended up with a surplus. We were $16,000 short, and we ended up with a $14,000 surplus at the end of the year. Friends, $500,000, $732 was given through our ministry in the past year. First time ever this big, and we praise God. <clears throat> we praise God. We are so, so thankful for how God has provided, and uh, it is truly remarkable because that represents investment in people, investment in lives, investment in transformation stories, and it, it represents a continuation of gospel ministry here in our downtown, midtown, urban community that so desperately needs it. And we are so, so thankful for God's provision and for your generosity. It is crazy. In the last, I want to say, uh, four or five days of the year, about $45,000 was given. And so it was just remarkable as we uh, were on our knees in prayer and dependence upon God for what we believed God would provide. He provided all of that and then more. Who knew that we would end up in a $14,000 surplus? So praise us to God. He is able and he provides for his church. And thank you to everyone who gave. Um, this is not a, a money message. Um, that's going to happen in our business meeting after church today. So I hope you'll stay. Um, but I just want to kind of walk through briefly uh, what God has called us to. If you remember our purpose statement, it is this. We are being transformed by Jesus to impact our world. That's, that's what we are about here as a church. We are being transformed by Jesus to impact our world. This describes who we are. We are meant for relationship with God, relationship with Jesus Christ. And we are meant for that relationship not to be just like a saving relationship, a one-time decision, but a relationship for a life and for all eternity to which we are growing every day in our intimacy with Jesus. And we are, we are experiencing his transforming work in our hearts and lives as we grow in love with him and awareness of his love for us. And we recognize that this transformation is not for us alone, but it is for his namesake. We recognize that this transformation is not meant to stop with us, but it's meant to flow through us. And we are called to impact others. We are called to be a people who live with an influence for the glory of God. That is our heart as followers of Jesus. And today, if you don't if you don't know Jesus, that would be your starting step today. That would be my vision for you today, is for you to know relationship with God. He made you. He loves you. He, he knows you, and he wants to restore relationship with you. We are, we are made for relationship with Jesus, and a transforming relationship with Jesus. And this relationship with Jesus is meant for us to be people who impact our downtown area, uptown area, midtown area, our local community, our state, our nation, and our world. This is our vision as a church. And we kind of summarize this vision by talking about five purposes. Some of you might have seen those circles that I think are here that come up, and these, these circles and colors kind of represent our different purposes. Our first one here is, is worship, is worship. What we say here at ICC is this, our greatest love is for God. This is one of our core purposes. Our greatest love is for God. If you could go to the scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 
I promise I will tell you where to go today. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. You can find this all throughout uh, the Bible, this call to worship God. And this is where it all starts for us as followers of Jesus. It all starts with worship. We are to be a worshiping people. And the reality is all of us worship something. Whatever we give our heart to, whatever commands our greatest affection, our greatest loyalty, our greatest security, our, our greatest allegiance, obedience, that we worship. When we don't worship God, the Bible calls that idolatry, but our hearts are made to worship God. Therefore, the invitation of all Scripture is to come and worship the living God. Come, love Him, enjoy Him, be with Him, find your greatest delight in God. He's the best. I promise you're going to find everything you want and need in God. That's the resounding rhythm of, of Scripture. And the reality is when we see God, when, when God is revealed to us, listen, friends, we will respond to God in worship. Everyone who truly sees God, and I'm saying a lot today. If you've taken notes, you're welcome to do that. I, even though I said this is not a normal message, you're welcome to do that. Every time you are revealed the character and the presence of God, you will respond in worship. That is the right response. And the Bible speaks to this, like in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it says, We, and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. All of us, as, we, as the veil is lifted and we see God in all of his radiant glory, his goodness, his greatness, what ends up happening is we experience this radical worship, this transformation of one degree to another. This is, this is the heart of our church, is to be people who are worshipers. Our church is meant, you know, we purpose together to worship, to be a worshiping people. And that's not just Sundays, although this is our biggest gathering a week. This is a very important time. Our greatest love is for God. We prioritize the first day of the week to be together. Regular attendance is a, is a core priority of our church because we believe how important it is to be worshiping people, but we also understand it transcends beyond just Sundays, but this is our main gathering. In 2017, to celebrate, we had some really cool things happen. We had 150 people come into our church as first-time guests. Now, the back door can sometimes be as big as the front door. Y'all understand that? But the reality is our church is accomplishing one of the big things that we've always desired to accomplish, which is to be attractive to people to come in. And you are inviting people, influencing people, bringing people with you. And we are so thankful that many, many, many people are coming into our church for the first time. And we know that when they come in, at least on that one visit, they have an opportunity to hear the gospel. We, they also have an opportunity to get follow-up from us in a personal way. Every person that comes in gets a personal follow-up from me and someone else on our team. So we're thankful, and I think we can celebrate this morning, that we have seen a wide open and welcoming door for those who are coming in to our church. In addition to that, we have grown as a church, if you measure what's happening here on Sundays, to over 270 a week, closer to 300 a week. We are so, so thankful for how God has grown the church. It is a big growth year over year, and we are so thankful for how the core of our church and the regulars of our church have grown. In addition to that, we've seen seven people, actually more than that, but in terms of baptism, we count seven people have come to new life in Jesus Christ in this past year, and we are so thankful. Yeah. 
We are so thankful uh, for all of those who are coming into new relationship with Jesus. And to be a part of that as a church is our greatest joy. And we say the Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. We are so thankful that we are a church who's not stagnant, but we are a church who's seeing uh, the gospel go forward and, and change people's hearts and lives. And, and people coming into relationship with Jesus and moving into deeper obedience with Jesus. We saw over $500,000 in giving this past year, and that is something to celebrate. Why do we put that with worship? Because Jesus says where your treasure is, where your heart is, there your money will be also, right? Where your treasure is, your money's going to follow. In other words, we understand that what we do with money reflects what's happening in our hearts. And therefore, as we see a growth in generosity, it reflects a growth in people's understanding of how generous God's grace is in our lives. That, uh, that thankfulness of heart, that worship, leads to this generosity. And we celebrate what's happening in worship in terms of what's happening in the hearts of men as we look at what's happening in our giving because the giving reflects the heart. We have also been so, so thankful this year to have been going through several books of the Bible. One of those is, um, is you know, John that we've been, we've been going through. And we're so thankful for how many people are being impacted on a weekly basis by the teaching of God's Word here. We are so thankful that again and again and again we hear stories, not only of, of visitors coming in. For instance, I, just a few weeks ago, I had a guy uh, sit down with me at a restaurant just down the street and told me that his journey back to God began Easter 2017 as he got invited to come into the church. He got encountered somewhere in the community, invited to come in, and he sat in the church and wept through the whole service knowing that God was drawing him back. Praise God. This is what's happening with visitors, right? Not only, yeah, not only are we seeing salvations, like a young lady uh, that came recently through uh, invited one of our church members. God put her on their heart, and she came in. She's been attending for some time, and some of you just a few weeks ago remember the Sunday that she came forward at the end of the service and said, I want to give my life to Jesus. The day that we were talking about Jesus, our shepherd, she said, I want Jesus to shepherd me. And uh, not only are we seeing people like that who are journeying in, but we are also seeing, you've got to measure impact in this, because what What's happening is people are growing in, in depth of relationship with God and depth of understanding of his word. And that is, we're hearing stories all the time of people coming to us and saying, we've never done a deep dive in the gospel of John. We've never heard this talk. It's everywhere from people who have just not grown up in church or grown up in church and they just haven't been a student of the Bible from internationals that are with us every week. And not only people who are here, but for instance, we're hearing this about, um, like Jacob Hudson told me, he was able to reteach one of the lessons of John to his guys at Memphis Athletic Ministry, and he had four, five, six guys give their life to Jesus because what happened here rippled out into what's happening there. Praise the Lord. We're, yeah. Am I right, Jacob? How many was it? Four. The five, six sounded better, but the four we'll take. <laughs> you got to watch me. See, that's why I put the numbers up here, because I just start going with it, you know? I'm just playing. Four guys. Praise God. Jacob, it's just so cool. Not only that, but Kristen, who is our missionary in South Asia, she called me on Skype one week, and she said, I just want you to know that we are going through the study of John. We're, I'm listening to the messages that are happening in ICC, and I'm reteaching this as a Bible study in South Asia, in one of the most lost places in the world. We're ministering to missionaries like that. Santiago, whose mom is down in Bogota, his mom 
translated all of the Ten Commandments series from our summer from English into Spanish and retaught it to her whole church women's discipleship group just this past fall. That is what's happening through our church's ministry in the area of worship. And aren't you glad? Amen. All right. I got to go because I got four more purposes. Oh, man. For the year ahead, we want to grow to 400. We're not chasing numbers. We're chasing hearts and lives. And we know that if we're not outreaching, then who is? We want to grow to 400. You're going to be hearing us talk about this, making room for it here in our current facility, trying to make room for it in our kids' ministry. But we want to grow continually and proud of providing a welcome, open door into our community. We want to expand resources for those who are investing themselves in the area of leading in worship. And we want to improve quality. Y'all notice some of the screen issues going out. Um, things like that in here. We have aging equipment. And this next year, we desire to improve and to replace some of this equipment in order to improve the quality to provide an undistracted, truly worshipful, spirit-filled environment here on Sunday. So are y'all excited about the year ahead with worship? I am pumped. Second thing that we talk about as we talk about transforming, uh, being transformed by Jesus to impact our world is small groups. We recognize that transformation happens in community. This is our second purpose as a church. Transformation happens in community. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, really verse 19 to 20, makes clear. Jesus gives us a command, go therefore and make disciples. He doesn't say make attenders. He doesn't say make converts. He says make what? Disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Go and make disciples. We know that Jesus is not after us obtaining more information. A lot of people in Jesus' day had the right information, but they never experienced transformation. He, he, he denounced cities who saw his works, but yet did not repent. Judas was in his presence. He heard, he saw, but yet his heart was not changed. Jesus is not after us getting the right information. Jesus is not after behavior modification. The rich young ruler, Mark chapter 10, shows us that. There's not something that he's wanting us to, to do in order to obtain salvation. He wants a radical heart change. Jesus is after transformation. Romans chapter 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Something's got to happen inside of us. From the inside out, we've got to have a metamorphosis of our spirit. By the spirit of God, we've got to be changed. And let me tell you how transformation happens. It doesn't happen namely by sitting in rows, although that is important in our worship times, but it happens in community. Mark uh, chapter 3 Jesus called his disciples to be with them, with him, and then to send them out. Second Timothy chapter 2, Paul uh, tells Timothy, he says, entrust the gospel to faithful men who will be able to entrust it to others. We learn how to be a person of God by living in community with one another. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47 describes the early church getting together day by day. They met together in the temple. They broke bread in homes. They had all things in common. It was the community experience that led to the transforming work. We believe in getting together as a community and seeing God change us. Being real, not just listening, not just being a hearer of the word, but being a doer of the word. How do you do that? You got to get in front of folks. 
You got to talk to them about what's going on in your heart and life. You got to work through your struggles. You got to tell them your needs. You got to have people pray for you. You got to have people challenge you. You got to ask questions and get deeper into the word. This is what discipleship is all about. And here at ICC, one of the things that we are hardcore committed to is not just to grow in Sunday attendance. We don't want Sunday attenders. We want disciples. And we believe that you can't really learn to be a disciple by doing Sunday only. Now, if you're doing Sunday only, we're glad you're here, but we want you to take the next step into discipleship. As we look at the year past, we celebrate the fact that this past year, we went from 14 to 19 small groups, and I'm happy to report they're all thriving. Praise God. We went from about 30 leaders to about 41 small group leaders this year, and that represents an amazing work of God and that we have seen people prepared to lead and to disciple in our church's context. And if you're in a small group, I know for a fact you love your small group leader. Can I get a witness? Right? You love your small group leaders, and we are so thankful for them. In addition, we have seen um, a growth in diversity and a, and a real deepening of community. Um, God has provided answers to our prayers and that we are seeing more people who are not transient but are stable, core Memphians. We're seeing people who are not just student age or young age but are middle age and even retirement age. We are seeing people who are not just all pasty white like this guy, but we're seeing a growth and the diversity that really should be reflected in our church because we do not live in an all-white community and our church should not be an all-white church. Amen? And we want to see all people know God, and we believe that that can happen in our church. We're so thankful that about 10 nations are represented in our church. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Bogota represent right here. Uh, yeah. uh, I, and you're sitting right by another nation, which is kind of cool today, right? Yeah, we've got a diversity of nations, and we've got a diversity of, of, of black and white here in our church, and we are so thankful for that. We're thankful that our groups have begun to embrace and reflect that in, in our community, because that is an important piece of, of attracting and winning even more people of different groups of our, of our city. I want to uh, just say, you know, in an aspect with deepening, and, and, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I've heard so many stories. I'm so proud of our small groups. We're People who are scared to death to walk in on the first day, when they walk into a small group, over and over I hear that it's the small group experience that makes all the difference in someone's life and their opportunity to grow in relationship with our church. You move from just being part of the crowd to really being a part of a community. And I'm so thankful for how our small groups are welcoming and embracing people who are seeking to belong and learning to believe. And we just pray that that continues to happen in our context. Would you pray that for this next year? And also the deepening of community. I just celebrate uh, what's happening in Bob and Lisa Buffard's small group because I, they're one example of, of how I believe the community has just come together. I think you guys stay together about four or five hours when you meet. Now, for those who have not been in small group, this is a very scary thing for me to tell you. It's not an obligation. They do that. There's an hour and a half time, but there's, they do that because they love each other. And Bob and Lisa Cook, mainly Bob, I think. But <laughs> and I, 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 I'm so sad that I can't be there on those nights. But um, we celebrate that and celebrate what's happening in their small group right now and, and embracing uh, some of the missional opportunity they have with a, with a family uh, in need. And so we're just so grateful for all that's happening in our small groups. We're so thankful that this year we've expanded our family ministry. Anybody thankful for that? <laughs> Katie, yeah. 
Katie Musser laid an incredible foundation as our first family ministry director on staff, and Ashley now kind of taking that to the next level, following in Lakita's great footsteps and her time as leader. Um, we have just seen our family ministry blossom from 10 to about 40 now children and that we're caring for and discipling. In addition, we had our first ever VBS this past year. In the summer, instead of just kids sitting there with coloring sheets as adults grew in the Lord, now we're doing things for kids intentionally on, on, on summers uh, that allow them to grow in their relationship with the Lord at the same time. And I celebrate that. We had new families and new children, lost children, coming into our church because of what we were doing at VBS. And not only that, but now on Wednesday nights, we've launched a new family ministry night. And we're so excited about that because, again, what's happening is the children are growing in the Lord alongside of their parents who are growing in the Lord with intentional discipleship activities for children and adults. So essentially, we have children's small groups now that meet midweek. And if you don't celebrate that, I don't know what's wrong with you. We're happy for what's happening in our family ministry, right? And not only that, but this year marked a new investment for us as a church in hiring someone to intentionally encourage and equip our leadership, both our staff and our lay leadership teams. And what a difference Tom Crocker has made in our midst, just as a faithful, encouraging <laughs> presence. Yeah. So we are so thankful for what happened in 2017. As we look at 2018, we look at a desire for growth. We want to see a minimum. We want to see 100%, but at least 20, uh, 75% of people who are in our church in small groups a week. We are likely to be growing to about 22 to 25 small groups uh, come this fall, trying to keep up with the pace of the church. That's something you could pray for for the year ahead, that we just continue to open opportunity for people to experience the transformation of Jesus as they get into smaller communities. Our family ministry is going to continue to develop. Ashley is incredible. Where is Ashley? Somewhere. And she is leading with incredible vision. Some things that are happening, we will continue our family ministry nights and be expanding them. She's starting to invest more in figuring out how to get resources in parents' hands to do discipleship within the home, recognizing that that Discipleship best happens not on Sundays or Wednesdays, but every day in, in the home. And she's working with a vision toward that. We're kicking off a new date night kind of thing for parents. Praise the Lord. This, I, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. <laughs> and she's investing, recognizing that good marriages are the bedrock of good and healthy homes. And we're going to be investing as a church, trying to help parents spend time together apart from their kids. Woo! Woo! I'm pumped. Um, hot date night. And then um, not only that, but we are um, doing things like the baby dedication brunch, investing in increased opportunities there. And yes, friends, I have exciting news. We have an announcement that soon it looks like we are going to be planting the seeds for the start of ICC's first youth group. Praise the Lord. So pray for that. There's a lot to be worked out, but we are praying that God would allow us to grow in our influence with children from birth all the way up until high school. We have families now who have come into our church because of what they wanted to see for their children. What a great open door for us, an opportunity to influence families for Jesus. Would you agree? So pray for that. And then, of course, we're going to continue this year with our director of equipping. In the area, our third purpose, we have an exciting purpose of local ministry. Not only do we worship our greatest love for God, 
Do we do small groups? Transformation happens in the community, but we are committed to local ministry. What we say is this, we bring help and hope to our community. This is our call. This comes straight out of the heart of God. We learn in Jeremiah chapter 29, when the people of God were in exile in Babylon, God speaks to them and tells them, reminds them of their purpose, and he says, but, but seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. In other words, as Christians, as kingdom citizens, yes, as sojourners, we understand that this world is not it. We could have an attitude of just, we'll just sit back, that's not our job, we'll just preach the gospel and, and that's it. We'll just be Christians here in our isolated little bubble. We could have that attitude, but that's not the attitude God wants us to have. He wants us to love Memphis, Tennessee. This is a great city. Y'all know that? It's a great city. He wants us to love Memphis. He wants us to be salt and light in Memphis. He wants us to seek the good of Memphis, for in its good we will find our good. He wants us to be agents of help and hope to our local community. And I'm so thankful here at our church that we have always desired to be missional in all that we do. That it's not about just bringing people into the church, but we recognize that our job is to be Christians out in the community every single day, in our workplace, in our neighborhoods. And yes, we intentionally as a church move toward some intentional, strategic local partners. Currently, we have five partners, and this year we celebrate those five strong partnerships with Memphis Athletic Ministry, with the Glen Mary Retirement Home, with Widows. Uh, Memphis Athletic is with, with urban kids and fatherless children. Uh, Glen Mary is with Widows and Shut-Ins. St. Jude Target House with the sick, those who are suffering, um, with our internationals ministry for those who are sojourners and kind of strangers, they, they may feel lost and alone. I'm missing one. With Celebrate Recovery, praise the Lord that this year, 2017, we launched a new ministry, Celebrate Recovery, through the vision and leadership of Rob Hodum and partnership with Teen Challenge in our community to alleviate uh, people who are in bondage to sin, hurts, habits, and hang-ups, people who are feeling trapped and in bondage to those that we are now every Friday evening here at our church providing an open door for people to find the freedom and healing that comes in Jesus Christ. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Um, from its onset uh, to this present day, it is one of the things that we are most thankful for for this past year but five strong partnerships. We have deepened a relationship with the senior leadership of MAM, having come here several times they have to meet with us and to dream about what it looks like to be a good church partner for MAM, which is a Christian organization seeking youth, how to connect what they're doing as a staff team day in and day out with what we're doing and provide as a local church. And our gym here at Greenlaw, we have nothing but hope for how that partnership can grow, our relationship with those kids deepen, and we see more and more children and families come to new life in Jesus. We are excited to be partnering with MAM in a deeper way. We're excited for the investment in internationals that we have seen, the SIP program, Summer Internationals Partnership Program this past summer, that we had so many internationals adopted by families in our church, that we are seeing a growth in our ESL ministry, that we're seeing uh, volunteers that are being trained and discipled to to train and disciple internationals. Will Burroughs, who has stepped up into the role of our Memphis Internationals Ministry Coordinator in a volunteer way, having raised support. What a gift to have a dedicated leader 
to disciple and to develop and grow and nurture this thriving opportunity in our area to reach internationals for Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful that we as a church get to be a part of that? And we have seen growth in lay leadership. In 2018, we desire to see growth and participation. Every person who's a part of our church, we want and need you to say yes to step into a local ministry partnership, to show up once a month to serve, and then, more importantly, to make your way into those partnerships and into those people so that you can find more regular opportunities to be present in people's lives, to grow in a relationship, and yes, ultimately to lead people to Jesus, for that is our role, 2 Corinthians 5, not just to bring help, but to bring the hope of the gospel with us as ambassadors of reconciliation, imploring everyone, be reconciled to God. That's our heart. These are groups of people we believe that we do not have the opportunity to interact with on a daily basis as a church unless we sacrifice our time, say no to something for our family. I would love to be at home with my feet up at times. I would love to have more family time with Caroline at times, but I believe being obedient to the Lord's call to reach out to our community is a better choice than me being selfish with my time. We all got to sacrifice our time and show up and move with intentionality into deeper relationships that lead to deeper opportunities and influence for Jesus. We desire to see not only growth in participation, but a growth in partnerships, deepening and expanding our community partnerships. And yes, friends, I'm happy to announce our personnel team and finance team vision for this year, 2018, to be a year that we move to bring on a new pastoral or leader for our local ministry shepherding. And we are so happy. Um, we are so happy uh, and really believe that this is our next step, and our leadership team is to invest together as a church in making this vision possible. In the area of our fourth purpose, which is global missions, we believe that we are to be committed to impact the world. This is our heart, this is our beating heart and vision to not just be people who look at our local context, but to be people who intentionally look at people, cultures, tribes, and tongues that are different from where we are here now and say, how can we get the gospel there? How do we see churches planted there? How do I get to the grandmother of the little village in the Ivory Coast, northern part of the country, who she's lived her whole life, she's nearing death, and in her culture, with her language, in her a town, there is no one who has ever shared with her the love and hope of Jesus Christ. How do we get to her? That's our vision and heart as a church, right? We believe Jesus' promise in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, that says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation and from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb. We know that God loves the world. He cares about all people. He cares about people here, and he cares about people there, and he has a heart to reach them with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's why he says in the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations, of all people groups. In Acts 1.8, you will be my witnesses, yes, in Memphis and in Tennessee and America, and yes, to, that's, I'm, I'm changing it for us, but, and to the other parts of the earth, Right? You are to understand that it's not here or there. It's here and there. 
We do both local ministry and global missions with passion and zeal, and we do it because we want to see God praised among all people. We're so thankful. Are you telling them to advance this early? Am I running late? Okay. You're helping me, Brandon. I appreciate it. Go, go back. No, that's good. You go. Keep going. <laughs> we were with Glenn Friday night at Global Missions Fellowship, and we intentionally did this to him. We just hurried him along a little bit. <laughs> we're so thankful um, that we as a church have three church members in the last five years have heard this call of God to be a part of taking the gospel to all people. They've given up everything, and they have gone. One in... South America, one in South Asia, and one in East Africa. Praise the Lord that people are moving out of our church membership, and we as a church are investing and supporting on a monthly basis to see the gospel flourish in these areas. Aren't you so thankful for that? Yeah. Um, Glenn, just this past year, and through his ministry, through our church's support of his ministry, Five new churches and unreached areas were planted. That is a multiplying effect that our church has had. We don't discount that. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. That's amazing. Those are people who have a relationship with Jesus and communities that have a church now that would not have had that had it not been for the influence of this church. Praise God. He's great. Not only that, we have nine mission partners, people who we're in deep relationship with, and our our vision, you'll hear this in a second, is, is this next year not to expand our partnerships, but rather to deepen our partnerships. You'll hear more about that as we get to Global Missions Week in the weeks ahead, but we are so thankful for the work of our partners. We're so thankful for all that is going on in Guatemala and in Serbia and in Ivory Coast and in India. I could tell stories until you wouldn't sit here any longer uh, about all the salvations and transformation and discipleship stories that are happening amidst our partners. This is all part of what we get to celebrate as a church because we're part of them and they are part of us. Um, over 100 people this past year in Ivory Coast, for instance, just through our time, just through our, our one week of time, over 100 people came to know Jesus in that, in that week. And I'm not talking about mass crusade. I'm talking about one-on-one -on -one conversations with us and people genuinely giving their lives to the Lord. And on top of that, two of the days we were working were in new villages, and therefore we have two new churches. This is just Ivory Coast alone. I could tell stories all day. We also are seeing members take ownership, like Sharice Tooley. We are so thankful for her. The start of her foundation this past year, we celebrate Heart Healthy Ministries. If you want to get involved with it, you can. Coming directly out of her short-term experience with our church short-term trips, God put on her heart and Gary's heart, her husband, a vision to take that vision a step further, to do even more medically, to do even more uh, in terms of salvation and gospel sharing. And now they are going four times a year with a ministry that is developed out of our partnership even more than what our church is doing. God has called them to do, and they are faithfully, sacrificially, generously, faithfully invested in the people of Ivory Coast, and people are coming to know the Lord because of our members stepping up to get involved. Praise the Lord. People, I know she wouldn't want me to talk about it, but she made it public, so I'll talk about it. People like Courtney Kastner, who heard a vision for what we're doing in Serbia with our cancer camp that we started there in partnership with a family that God brought us. God brought us a family. We sent them back home after the, she was healed. We've been able to birth a, a camp there to, to help families who are dealing with pediatric cancer in Serbia. 
That camp costs $8,000 a year. For the last two years, we've been trying to fundraise money, patch it up here and there, and God's provided. But Courtney Kastner, with her business crew and company, they were, she was able to put out a vision and say, through my business this year, I want to raise all of the money for the Serbia Cancer Camp. She's put it out to the thousands of her Instagram followers, and now people, she texts me this week that the, the first uh, group of people, she's put a button on her little business website, not a church website. This is her personal business. Put a button on it, donate to Serbia Camp. You can add on money to any order. And she said people have started to add on money to their orders this week. This is, this is our dream of all of us taking ownership to do what we can do, to play our part in reaching all peoples. And we celebrate it. The Lord has done great things, and we are glad. And we are so pumped that Betsy Killens was hired this year for Global Missions Director. Um, yeah, to have focused and faithful, effective leadership and shepherding over people who are journeying toward missions and our teams. It, incredible difference she's already made, and we can't wait for the year ahead. You see the vision for the next year, this deepening of partnerships, this birth of the Memphis International's ministry and the expansion of that, and yes, our inten intentional and continued preparation, investing in figuring out how to get more and more people connected and involved, both short-term, intermediate-term, and yes, long-term, for the sake of God's glory among all people. Are you down for that? Think we can do it? In the year ahead, you know how much money we're investing in missions, local and global? If we approve the budget today, over 160-something thousand dollars. We are so thankful, yeah, we're so thankful to be able to do that as a church. Y'all are tired of clapping yet? This is the last one. This is the last one. I know you're going to be sad. I should finish before the championship game tomorrow night because I do want to see that. Um, <laughs> our fifth purpose is leadership. We want you to invest yourself in ministry. In Corinthians chapter 12, we know that God says there's a variety of gifts, but the same spirit, a variety of service, but the same Lord, and there are a variety of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. We'll talk about this more in a few weeks. I want to talk about it in a whole message, but God has gifted each one of us to play a part, a special part. He has uniquely gifted you to play a part in contributing to the common good of what our church is about as a ministry. This is part of your purpose. In leadership this past year, we are so thankful that we have been able to expand from two to five ministry interns. These are not people who go get a Starbucks coffee. We do not do that, although Robbie did one time, and I'll never let him down for it. <laughs> I said, we don't do that with our interns. That's what I got when I was an intern. People did that to me, and I hated it. We do make them set up chairs occasionally. Thank you, Santiago. <laughs> but for the most part, we are investing in the future generation of leaders in churches and in the global church planning movement. We are getting to invest in Santi, who will go back to Bogota, we believe, and invest in his home church. We don't know what God will do through Santi, but we are believing that God is up to something through Santi, and we want to invest in him here and now. And he's investing in us, and we're gaining too. This is our vision, and we've been able to expand this 
uh, in the past year, we're so thankful. We've been able to grow in how we've been training and how we've been resourcing. We've been able to see people moving up for the first time into higher levels of lay leadership roles that, with great empowerment for leadership and discipleship and equipping. We're so thankful for Sarah Kirkon and, and Matt who, have, who have, have been stepping up into student discipleship coordinator roles and, and leading in our student ministry, leading our leaders in our student ministry and the tremendous and effective work that they have accomplished because they have given sacrificially. They're putting in, I can't even count the number of hours a week. They, we should be paying them, but God has called them to do this, and they're leading with great effectiveness. This is what our dream is. We're so thankful for Miles Naren and how God saved him and has grown him, and, and now he has used, is taking all of his kind of background and finance and just love for geeking out over money stuff, and he has felt a calling and a vision to step up and to coordinate a stewardship ministry this next year that has nothing to do with raising money for our budget, but has all to do with helping you figure out how to use your money in a godly way, just to bless you and your family. Praise the Lord for leaders stepping up and taking their place, and we want to see that continue in the year ahead. If you look at 2018, you will see uh, the next slide, Brandon. Now I'm, now I'm, yeah, you're awesome. We are wanting to see a continued expansion of this ministry intern program and formalize that in the budget for the next year. We're wanting to see more investment in continuing education for our staff team, our conferences, people who are really called and, and leading. We want to invest in training and resourcing and encouraging them through continuing education. Most of you get that in your workplaces. And then we also want to provide even more training. Um, why does it say heat waffle iron and cook up your waffles? I don't know why that says that. <laughs> I feel like someone is playing a joke on me right now. Brandon? Um, anyway, we'll, do, we'll heat our waffle irons <laughs> 2018 too. I gotta land this plane. Listen, we have a vision to see this continue, and if it involves waffles, I'll be good with that too. So, uh, guys, are you thankful? Are you thankful? for all that God has done. Let's give God some celebration. He has done great things for us, and we are glad. As the worship team comes and we transition, you know, I remember the time that we were there in the schoolroom. There was just 20 or 30 of us. We walked in that Sunday. I think Lakita was there, and Laura, we were joking about some of this yesterday. And, you know, we were just a hodgepodge group of folks, weren't we? <laughs> we were just... We're just full of, of a love for God and a thankfulness for His love. And we were full of vision and desire. The foundation was there, but we were looking around going, could God accomplish what we desire for Him to accomplish, what we dream for Him to accomplish? And I look around today and I just say, resoundingly, He can. And He has done that. He's not finished yet. Uh, this is not about ICC. I, we are not a competitive church. We don't, we don't want to compete against other churches. It's not about our church, it's not about our name. It's not about numbers and all that stuff. We just want people to know Jesus, to live in relationship with Jesus. And we believe that our church is an instrumental part of what God is doing in our city uh, to bring people into deepening relationship with Jesus. And we are so thankful for all that he's done. And we're so hopeful for all that he will do. He is at work transforming. And I pray that you all pray. Uh, first of all, for yourself, God, would you transform me even more that I might impact my, our world? 
Just pray for more transformation this year. Would you do that right now? Just pray for more transformation. And secondly, the only way for us forward, friends, is for us to be on our knees. We can't manufacture this vision. I can't organize it. We can't manipulate it. What we're wanting is for God to work in hearts and lives, and only God can do that. So let's pray this morning that God would do that in our midst. I want you to turn together with two or three people right around you. I know this may be awkward for you if you're a first time. Turn with two or three people right around you, and I just want you to spend a little bit of time right now praying for this to happen in the year ahead, that we might see even more transformation in the year ahead. Just do that right now, and we will continue in our response here in a second.